do it right the first time, but do it. Don't don't keep putting it off. Um, say yes to everything. And yeah, some of the biggest, scariest things that I've said yes to have always worked out to be the best decision in the end um, across both of my businesses. So uh, yeah, say yes to everything. That is Kate Murray for this week's episode of From Birth to Business. I am your host, Britt. I'm jumping in with a really quick disclaimer that I'm currently sick and probably sound really nasally, but if you can bear with me, I promise this conversation is really worth listening to. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in this season, then thanks for finding us. If you have any other mums to recommend who are first-time founders and running small businesses, then please reach out. You can reach me via hello at fronbirthtobusiness.com and I'd love to hear from you. Enjoy this episode. Kate, what brand are you the founder of and who are you a mother to? I'm the founder of Mare Botanicals and I'm a mother to three little boys, um, Sunny, who's six, Angus, who's one, and Lenny, who's three. Beautiful. Three boys. Very busy. <laughs> so let's go back a bit. Uh, what were you doing for work before you launched Mare Botanicals? Um, I was a naturopath. I still am. Um, I'm doing it as well. Um, I studied in Melbourne and then moved up to Darwin and started Darwin Naturopathics. And I was seeing lots of, um, and I still see lots of pregnancy and fertility and pediatrics. So what percentage of your time is allocated to Mare Botanicals versus your one-to-one practice? Um, it changes a little bit each week, but I generally dedicate two days to patients. Um, I'd like to give Mare my full time, but I have most beautiful patients that I don't want to um, abandon just yet. So I keep my days down to just two with them. And um, I do Mare Botanicals all around that the other five days, but it can be the same. Nice. Um, so can you walk us through the moment that you, I guess, came up with your business idea? Yeah. So I was pregnant with, um, baby number two. I'd had a, um, a great pregnancy with my first, but the labor and birth and postpartum didn't go very well. Um, so second time round, I was doing all the planning and preparing that I could to just have the most ideal birth, um, for me and my baby and I was doing lots of research and lots of preparation and as part of that I had made this little birth kit and it was something that I was already doing with all of my patients um, so it was just something really familiar with to me and I shared it with my um, naturopath community this um, little kit that I had made myself going into my next birth and I just got this overwhelming response of people saying, oh my God, that's amazing. Can you make me one? Um, and I think it was just like, it was something, tools that I had already always known about and had always used, but I didn't realize that there was such a gap in the market that people didn't even know that they needed these products, they, that they existed. Um, and it kind of, yeah, sparked this idea of um, everyone needs to know about this. Everyone needs to have their hands on it. They don't. They shouldn't have to go to a naturopath to be told about these things. Um, so yeah, it kind of all sparked from from there. Um, yeah, and it yeah, like from there. Amazing. So, 
what did you do next? Did you continue to work and operate in almost like a pre-order capacity, um, gauging interest and selling from there? Or did you start to go all in and produce your products at more of a scale? So I was obviously planning to have a baby. So I was about to go on maternity leave. So I was a bit hesitant to commit to anything too big, but I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't get it out of my head. It was just something that I was really passionate about. So what I did initially is, um, we did like a prototype. So I said, I'm going to make some of these kits. Does anyone want one? And out of anything that I've ever done in my 10 years as a naturopath, it was the most overwhelming response of people saying, yeah, I'll, I would love to try one. Um, and I made them up. So I said, all right, they're going to be ready on this date. And obviously you have to be pregnant. You have to be at the end of your pregnancy to use them. So it was still an overwhelming um, response of people who just happened to be that pregnant at that right time. And I was just so blown away by how many people were interested considering obviously you have to be at that um, point in your life. So I made up these little kits for everyone and they were just like in little plain amber bottles, in plain black pouches, um, really similar to what we were doing. When I first started, the business was more about birth kits where now it's people are definitely choosing individual products. Um, the individual products are definitely more popular. Um, but back then it was about, here's a birth kit. Um, so we had very similar stuff to what's in our birth kit today, um, just the full birth kit. And yeah, we uh, made these little prototypes and they went awesome, really, really popular. So I had obviously had my baby. So then there was a point where I said, um, we, we're not doing them at the moment because I'm on maternity leave. And then um, when I was on mat leave, that's when I kind of put the whole brand together and started researching and developing the the whole other side business and creating their botanicals of its own. Cool. Um, how did you get the word out initially for the birth kits when you said you had an overwhelming response? Was that just your client list? I just had it on my stories. That was it. Yeah, I didn't yeah, send emails. I didn't do a post. It was not too bad. It was just showing um, my hospital bag, what I was taking, and I showed my birth kit. That was that. So it all just came from there. Wow, amazing. And so um, do you remember, you might not remember this, but off the top of your head, how many prototypes did you kind of send out before you had? I think that that we only did the one release. Um, it was about two and five. Mm -hmm. I and again, can you remember like how much that, I guess you're, you're a little bit of a special case because you probably out of the interest you gauged, okay, I can, I can sell 25, I'll make 25. So the initial investment upfront probably wasn't as scary as other women, maybe who were going straight in with, I'm going to release, you know, a thousand. Um, yeah. Do you remember how much you kind of roughly invested in that beginning 25 oh, release? But that, it would have been shy of because I would have already had all of those products that I were wanting. It was kind of like making them to that. And the big investment was the packaging when I finally, like, officially launched Mare. But for that, it was a couple hundred dollars because it was things that I probably already had laying around. Yeah. Perfect. And did you learn anything, I guess, from that initial release that you then worked through and changed in the maternity, like when you were figuring it all out in maternity leave? 
Um, not necessarily just from that launch. It was more about when we started looking in the legalities of obviously those were prescribed by a practitioner and what can be given out over the counter. So there was, yeah, a lot of research and a few things that had to be changed. Um, back when I, or when we're in the clinic, if we're making a cream for eczema or something like that, we use what's called a base cream and then we add our active botanicals into it. So back in that, what our stretch mark cream looked like. Um, where now we make it all from scratch. So we make the whole base cream and we put our own actives. So um, what the stretch mark cream looked like back then is very different to what it looks now. Yeah, awesome. Um, so during maternity leave, you then figured out the brand, you worked through the packaging, obviously started to expand the product offering a bit to from per- birth kids or did that, is that exactly how you launched as well? Was we were reading with brand and marketing yeah we launched with um 10 products and then we had the two birth kits so the full birth kit which um had everything and then we had a cesarean kit as well which was just a smaller selection of things that would be more applicable to a cesarean birth and a vaginal birth and when you were ready to go live with all of um those products did you again use social media or what other channels did you use to just social just social so we um set up an instagram page where initially i got some big followers like um, a general lot of followers coming across because i had already worked in that pregnancy and postpartum kind of area um but i only have a small account like darwin's really small so it is it was a really small account compared to what it is now um and then while I was working on everything in the back end, we had that Instagram account running with just like little sneak peeks and some education around birth. And it was just kind of slowly building its following in the background. But I wouldn't say it was a huge account when we launched. Um, but yeah, it was all kind of organic word of mouth when we first launched. Yeah, amazing. And and great that you could kind of leverage your own personal brand to begin with to carry over some some of the audience or the customer base. Um, were you managing your social media then at the start? Was it just you? Like what did the behind the scenes look like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've only ever used a social media agency once. Um, it was when I had my third child, um, but I, I only used them for a little while. I felt that they were taking the brand in the wrong direction of what I wanted it to be. Um, it was becoming a bit glam and luxe and not real and yeah so postpartum is it's a really real and raw experience and I wanted the page to have lots of education around birth and nutrition and um, postpartum and it was just not going in that direction so we used them for a little while but other than that it's always kind of yeah been me doing all of the posts and the education and everything in the background we've only really ever used Instagram for our marketing um, it's only been in the last really few weeks to months that we started doing um, other channels of marketing. Great. One more question I have on um, that initial launch after the kind of, I guess we call it pre-release before you work through all the brand and marketing. Um, did you make all the products yourself in-house? And we still do. And you still do. You've. Um, so initially I would do it from home when I was on leave. Um, and then it just became too big, like it was taking over our house. Um, and in my clinic where I am now, um, we had like osteopaths and other health professionals in 
different offices. Um, and then slowly, um, mayor has just taken over. So like one office is a, um, materials room, one is a stock room, one's a packing room, one's a manufacturing room. And then I still have my office as well. Gosh, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm not impatient, I'll duck into another office and just whip up something or pack something or just kind of chop and change. But yeah, it's all made in house still. Um, it's something that we'll always do. I, I really can't see we'll ever be at that point. We're looking at the at the point of um, moving into a bigger warehouse space, so it's not like these pricky little offices, um, or like a yeah bigger shed, so that we can have that more fan factory manufacturing facilities to continue to keep making everything in um, much larger quantities than what we are capable of doing here. Mm. And so you sell direct to consumer through the Mayor Botanicals website. Do you also wholesale to other e-com stores or yeah. even bricks and mortar stores? You do? Yeah. Yeah. E-com, bricks and mortar, lots of um, like gift box companies as well. Um, obstetricians. So our local hospital purchases products from us to give to their patients. Um, a lot of midwives who run birth education groups purchase our products to give out to their, in like in their goodie bags and stuff like that. So we've got a lot of different channels. We're getting to the point where, um, wholesale was becoming a bit too overwhelming. And I was finding that I was having all of my time pumping out product for them that I wasn't having time to put into my marketing. So that's something that's changed over the last few months is we've just been a bit more, um, not hesitant, but a bit more picky with who we're taking on as wholesale um, stockers so that we can kind of have stock on our own shelves and keep up with the stockers that we've already got as well. Yeah. Um, so currently, so like you said, wholesale um, was taking over a bit, but you pulled back. So you are selling a lot through your own site. What digital tools do you use to run Mere Botanicals online? Um, we're on Shopify as our main base. Um, we've just signed up with Clavio. We've come across from another um, email marketing company, but it just wasn't performing as well. It wasn't very user-friendly. Um, so absolutely loving Clavio at the moment. Um, just starting to sign up to a few other different things, like hashtag gifted, I think it's called. Um, it's just like a UCG kind of channel. Just signed up to TikTok and some of those other things that are more about marketing, but um, just mainly Shopify and Clavier is our biggest thing at the moment. Cool. How does the, um, did you say it was hashtag gifted? Yeah. The UGC one. How does that work? So you put up a um, a campaign, a, a coupon type thing. So you give an offer. Um, so like say I would say, all right, I'm going to give someone a $200 voucher. Um, this is our brand. And then... Um, there's two sides to it. There's the the brands creating um, offers and then there's all of the wholesale, uh, not the wholesale, all of the influencer accounts. So then they all kind of contact you saying, I'm interested, I'm interested, I'm interested. And then you can filter through them so you can see um, how many followers they, followers they have, their engagement rate, um, whether it's across TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, order, but the... Um, the, the different platforms are, and then you can communicate with them. Um, so like, I would always reach out and be like, we're a pregnancy brand. Are you pregnant? Like I get a lot of people come saying that they're on board, but they're not actually pregnant. So I, I would really like a pregnant person to be on board because at least they can use our products as well. Um, I, and yeah. And so you, um, 
choose, depending on your campaign, you can choose, a f- you accept a few people and then you kind of just make those terms with them about what they're going to give you, whether it's um, a review or videos or um, photographs or whatever it is that you're exchanging those goods for. So it's just helping to bring um, content creators and brands together, basically. Great. And do you, um, how does that work with hashtag gifted? Do, do you pay like a monthly subscription to them or do they take a cut, I guess, of what your the terms are between you and the influencer? And you pay a monthly subscription to them. So there's different ones of how many campaigns you're running, how many, um, how many things you can gift at a time. So, so the more you pay, the more you can use that platform to gift onto other um, influencers. Great. And then one more question on the digital tools. You said you moved from a previous uh, email marketing platform across to Clavio. What were the things in the old one that were kind of clunky or that you didn't like that you're now find, finding really great about Clavio? Um, Clavio's flows are amazing. Um, we're using them for SMS marketing as well. And we're also setting up other things in the back end around due dates and just being able to target and break down our audience so that we're not just sending out bog emails to everyone who they might might not apply to. So we have the ability to try and break it down to who might be pregnant, who might be postpartum. Um, With our brand, obviously, then it's not something that people tend to need to buy again. Um, They're not going to be repeat customers. So we don't want to keep bombarding them with pregnancy products when they've already had their baby. Um, so it really helps us to break down our um, contact list into who might be more applicable for what type of information. Right. Um, now you're at a point in your business, there's probably been many learnings over the last X amount of years, but what would you say was the biggest? Um, it's probably around like packaging and working with your factories and just having a really clear idea in your head of what you want, um, because you might be able to see it in your head, but the factory can't see it. Um, so you need to know what type of, um, materials you want it to be made out of. Do you want it to be sustainable? Um, what type of products it's going to hold? Is it going to hold up over time? Because you're buying huge amounts of packaging in one go and they might, you might need to have them in storage for three years before you get through all of them. Um, are they going to last that time if they are sustainable? Um, our factories have all been amazing. Um, there was one that we sampled. So always sample your packaging. Um, and it was like the font was just nowhere near even what we had. And I'm so glad that we didn't just go, oh yeah, just produce it because that's, like thousands of pieces of glassware, that's one in environmental impact, but you're paying for it to be shipped, you're paying for it to be made, and it's not right. So I'm ex- sampling is really expensive, but I would say it's really, really important to make sure that the quality, the product, the printing, the colours, um, that everything is going to print out what you had in your head because, um, yeah, it doesn't always come across as what you think it's going to be in the end product. The factories might not as well, but it might not yeah, come out looking anything like that at the end. How did you find your factories in the beginning? Do you remember? Yep. Um, my sister had a candle business, so she put me in contact with her glassware manufacturer and they were the ones like that she's had a great experience with. But for me, I was just like, that is not what we had 
discussed. Um, and so I was using Alibaba as a great way to um, get in contact with different factories. And I ended up finding one whose price was just a lot better and she just got it. She was really great to communicate with and her samples were just exactly what I wanted. Um, and we're still using her today. We've never had to change factories um, once we've kind of signed on with them and developed those initial products, we've stuck with them because they've all been really good. We've had really good experiences with them so far. Amazing. So that's the lady you use for glassware. And then what other aspects of packaging? Did you also source that through Alibaba to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, our aluminium hue packaging. So that comes from somewhere separate. Um, the glassware, then we have the boxes. So all, all of our products are in boxes as well. So our boxes are all done from the same place. Um, and then when we first launched, we had 10 products and now we've probably got about 20. So we have a different factory who does our gel packs and they also do our linen covers. Um, they do our scrunchies and we have another one, a company that does our birth combs. We have a different company that does our pouches and yeah, we basically have a different factory for every medium possible. There's none of them that really cross over into the same products yeah and then they all based in the same location or are they spread across the world um they're quite close together but yeah pretty spread out yeah and has that yeah. been tricky to coordinate all the different pieces or you have pretty good relationships with everyone uh, when we first started it's just a challenge enough being in darwin we found that a lot of them were like, you're rural, you're rural, but yeah, but we're still a major city. Um, and there's a port here, but it's not a international port per se. So we were having to get things shipped to like Sydney and Melbourne and then freight it up to us, which was just a bit of a logistical nightmare in the end. Um, it's all been worked out now. Um, we did use some like logistic freight companies for a little while. I was really lucky that my sister-in-law um, works in logistics. So she was a really big help for me. Um, now our factories just organize it all on their end and they just all come from different places. And yeah, but I, I think it's all good now. But when we first started, it was, um, it was COVID. Everything was so expensive and it took so long. Like, I think I waited four months for some of my stock to come just for shipping on some of the first stuff. Like by the time it came, it was so excited and ready to launch. I'm just waiting on this for so long. Yeah. That must be so frustrating, especially because you're making the product in-house and you're like, I have yeah. everything ready to go. I just have nothing to put it in. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just so excited to launch. And, but yeah, that would be a bit too busy. If you're starting a brand, allow 12 months from the idea to when you're going to launch it because you don't want to say, oh, we're, we're launching on this date because... Yeah, freight and logistics is, is so unpredictable and it would it is a nightmare to be saying you're launching and then have no product to be actually able to dispatch on that day. Great tip. Would you say that's your biggest piece of advice for any other mother sitting at home with an idea? Oh, yeah. Uh, it takes time. It's take your time. Do it right the first time, but do it. Don't don't keep putting it off. Um, say yes to everything. And... Yeah, some of the biggest, scariest things that I've said yes to have always worked out to be the best decision in the end um, across both of my businesses. So, uh, yeah, say yes to everything. 
Now, just quickly looking forward, you said that you currently have 20 products uh, that you manufacture and sell. Do you have anything else in the pipeline? What's next for Mayor Botanicals? When I start, I had a list like so long of all of the things that I wanted to create. Um, now it's not as long because obviously we've launched a lot of them. Um, and a lot of them I've kind of met businesses that are doing the same thing and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to step on their toes now. So I've kind of stepped away from doing some of those things. Um, but we have some new products launching in uh, hopefully four weeks. But yeah, we have to wait till those products touch on Australian soil before I say that I'm launching them. But hopefully the first week of December, I'm really hoping that we can uh, relaunch them. We're completely doing our birth kits. So like I said, when we first started, our birth kits were our kind of our bread and butter. That's what the business was going to be was birth kits. But it's definitely people are loving picking and choosing their own kind of products. And some of our most popular products we didn't have when we first launched. So like our nipple cream and our gel packs, they're super popular, but they're not part of our birth kits because they we didn't have them when we first launched. So we're recreating the birth kits. We've got four kits coming. Um, they're going to be in a much nicer box packaging and um, yeah, there'll be four. So they'll just be a little bit more specific to what people's needs might be. Beautiful. And that's set to land maybe first week of December. Well, I better make this my mission to get this out before then. <laughs> a little teaser. <laughs> We've also got a little um, under um, cesarean massage oil coming called Sea Oil, um, which is a product that's a bit more specific to our uh, cesarean mums. That's great. Um, final question. Are there any brands creating pregnancy, baby or postpartum uh, products founded by other Australian mums that you love and would recommend? Yeah, I'm really loving um, Mini and Me at the moment. So this is developed by Kira Rumble. So she's part of the Crumbled Food Group. She has a few different brands, um, but she's created this um, hydration drink for pregnant mums. Um, she suffered from HD in her pregnancies. So um, I think that's where a lot of us mums kind of come up with our brands is we see this hole in the market and we have the solution to fix it. And um, that's where all of our beautiful brands and businesses kind of come from but she's doing um, really good things with two little kids 